in turning things around after Finley, we didn't just look at Oakland. We went north to Sacramento, south to Salinas, Monterey, and east to Vegas to build our market. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports, finance, media, disruption, innovation, leadership, all kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito. It is the end of April, and I am flying solo on this edition of the Cusp Show as my partner in crime, Tom Richardson, is off doing both end of semester things and also some other business things. So, uh, but we do have a topic today that is very relevant to so many things going on in the team space, in the stadium space, in the city space. Uh, and we have a guest who's very, very close physically, emotionally, business-wise because of his background and his current work to that space. Um, and we want to kind of talk through the the intricacies and kind of the lunacy and the um, the next steps, whatever they are, short-term or long-term, of the Oakland, potentially Las Vegas, Golden State, Northern California athletics of Major League Baseball. And our guest is Andy Dolich. Andy has a new book that is out now, very, very smart timing that he was able to get the book out, which is called Goodbye Oakland, uh, which he did with Dave Newhouse, to talk about all the things about the business around the A's, around Oakland, and literally the fight for survival of the club, which has a pretty robust following and the victims and the, all the players are involved. So Andy, welcome back to the Cusp Show. It's always great to be on a coast-to-coast show. I'm here in the nice, warm confines of the Napa Valley, and you're back there. So uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion, which has 14 on-ramps and 32nd, 32 off-ramps, Joe, as yeah. we look at the business of billion-dollar transactions and what we think is truth isn't. And what isn't is truth. So, as I said, we're here at the end of April. Um, ironically, I was watching the Mets and the A's play the day that really this kind of came to a head when the announcement from the A's saying that they'd purchased land in Las Vegas. But before we get get to that, Andy, we had you on a little over a year ago. Why don't you kind of catch us up on some of the fun stuff that you're doing, and then we can get to the uh, the finance and the emotional side of, of what's going on with the A's. Sure, I appreciate that. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I have been involved in a group called Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment for the last five years. Some people might know Fan Controlled Football. Uh, we're looking at season three coming up. Uh, we are looking at Fan Controlled Hoop uh, in the next few months. And believe it or not, we're looking at uh, fan-controlled baseball, which we think will be a winner since everybody knows baseball in the next year or two. Uh, in today's world of finance, you know, it's not easy to always find the money that you need to, to build it, but we've developed some excellent traction and simply stated for the fans or people that are listening, it's the first sport in which the fans make every single decision, including real-time play calling in games and our model was is arena football and people would say hey cool video game 
And you go like, no, it's not a video game. It's mm-hmm. actual teams playing against each other. And uh, once that gets through to people and they understand that they can pick the name of the team, they can pick uh, what the logos look like, they can draft the players, they can hire the coaches. And, uh, you know, these are quality players uh, who've, who are trying, they're not going to be the number one or number two draft pick and what the NFL carnival is going through in the next few days. But it's worked out pretty well for us. I do some teaching at Stanford School of Continuing Studies, not the Stanford B School. And I'm able to talk about different subjects. The last course was the madness of college sports, right? NIL, what's happening there? Does anybody really know uh, what a transfer portal is? When I first heard it, I thought it was a thing from Star Trek that I had Mm -hmm. seen. But then somebody explained to me what a transfer portal was. Um, And then... um, I do some of my own writing uh, with a few local papers uh, weighing in on the business of sports. And uh, about two years ago, I approached uh, the most knowledgeable person that I knew about the history of Oakland sports, Dave Newhouse, 30-year lead sports columnist for the Oakland Tribune, which doesn't exist anymore like a lot of other papers, and said, Dave, has anybody really told the story of these great teams coming to Oakland, the Raiders, the Warriors moving over from San Francisco, the A's coming here from Kansas City, the unique owners of Al Davis, Charlie Finley, uh, Walter Haas, the great Franklin Muley, Peter Goober, Joe Laka, Mark Davis, uh, 10 championships, I think, Joe, multiple halls of famers, some of the greatest players in all of the games. Um, And he said, no, nobody has. So uh, Dave is a very accomplished writer. I try. We put a book together called Goodbye Oakland, and it basically talks about the history of what has happened in building these teams, what has happened with the elected officials, league commissioners, stories that might not have hit uh, the world of print. And Joe, when we first pitched the book to publishers, and you know, they went, uh, guys, it's just Oakland. Thank you very much. Um, drive home safely. Mm-hmm. And then when the Vegas story really started to show up uh, nationally, that Rob Manfred had given the A's permission to relocate. And then the A's said, well, if we're going, we're going to Neonville while they were negotiating a massive and very difficult project in Oakland called Howard Terminal. Uh, they, They took an interest. We started writing about two years ago. And ironically, the book came out on April 11th. And then, as you said earlier, you know, just a few days later, uh, the A's came out and said, well, uh, our focus now is in Las Vegas. We have a deal in principle uh, on a piece of paper to buy land there to build a stadium. And of course, you could see Pepto-Bismol flying off the shelves of all pharmacies within Oakland and the East Bay. People were unbelievably angry and hurt. And it does bring up the circumstance that 
as soon as next, soon as the end of next baseball season, Oakland will be without baseball, NBA basketball, and NFL football. Probably never to see those sports again in Oakland in our lifetime. And that is an emotional tragedy and a financial tragedy, uh, but it has many, many, many more hurdles in it before the A's are going to play in the beautiful temperatures of Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. So a couple things. Um, first, the book is somewhere in transit to my house. I hope it shows up soon. So I have not read it yet. I I'm hope hoping. it does. I will autograph it for free. And uh, if it doesn't come, you tell me, I will have the publisher get on. Uh, I'm hoping somewhere in that book are the, st the stoppers, the invaders and the seals as well. Yes. Our... Yes. We, we, uh, I'm happy you brought that up in some of the reviews, the early reviews that in one review on Amazon, a, uh, woman was incensed that in the book, uh, Newhouse and Dolish didn't give proper exposure to the California Golden Seals, which, you know, historically most people wouldn't know. They had a hockey team in Oakland. Um, they had a hockey team in which they skated with white skates, like the A's played with white shoes. And Charlie Finley, who owned the A's, also owned that, that team. Didn't do too well. They went away. Um, but you mentioned it. I mean, the Oakland Oaks, the Oakland Larks, yeah. the Stompers, the Oakland Panthers of AFL announced that they were in Oakland, but they never played a game there now that they're, they're in San Jose. Uh, two uh, WTT tennis mm -hmm. teams, uh, a lot has gone on in Oakland and you know you got University of California Berkeley right there with quality sports um, so it has had a very very rich tradition um, and again you look at the players that have sort of broken through I mean Kurt Flood Reggie Jackson Ricky Henderson Dave Stewart the Bash brothers who I was lucky enough to work with um, a lot of cities would give anything to have that kind of history. And I was looking at some numbers, Joe, uh, because a lot of the national media goes, well, the A's never drew anybody. And that is just wrong. Um, during our great years with the A's, um, there were a bunch of years that the A's and the Giants together, and the Giants were pretty good at the late 80s, mid, late 80s, like we were, we outdrew the marketplace of 6 million people. And when I say that, Joe, people go, that's impossible. No, you didn't. Well, as Yogi said, well, why don't you look it up? And there were a few years in there, not simultaneous, that the A's and the Giants outdrew New York, Chicago, and L.A. Uh, and that would also be, nope, that didn't happen, could never happen, uh, but it did. So the argument that you see now, if you're going to watch uh, – tonight's game against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, there will be tens of thousands of what I call unsat seats. And this has been, we'll, we'll talk more about it in depth, but this has been a self-inflicted business plan by John Fisher to try to get a deal in Oakland, which he hasn't got. And now it looks like he may have a deal in Las Vegas. Mm. 
and I, obviously a little bit of irony that you're working with fan control football because the fans are the ones who have the least control of anything going on in Oakland at this point, other than to either put down their money or not put down their money and support a team, which they probably love, but is not really very good in a facility that is antiquated. So exactly. You- yeah, exactly. And, and one thing I would just say, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm a serial interrupter from my Brooklyn being my Brooklyn birthplace and my Long Island upbringing. So I apologize uh, no for that. But um, the reason that the A's are the lowest attendance team in baseball to me is, how do I say this, is a positive because the fans who had come in millions have said, you want me, John Fisher, to pay you money for you to take a team with great young stars, Olsen, Chapman, Manaya, uh, Marcus Simeon, a great underrated manager, uh, and, um, you know, and appreciate and come to games? No, we're not going to do it. And they're not. Mm-hmm. They're boycotting. Yeah. And there is some talk about a reverse boycott that it's they're planning that. in June where they're going to try to sell the game out. I'm not quite sure what that does. Mm-hmm. But the fans have voted with their wallets and said, we will not support you because you are not supporting us. Mm-hmm. So, so Andy, w- one thing when we had talked last week, you mentioned was kind of how, how we got to this place in a spring where arguably many people have said that baseball, if you look at all the leagues, has really done some amazing things to grow. And right. When you talk about expansion and expansion markets and prohibitive fees that can be placed on teams to to not move or to be fined for doing certain things, can you walk the listeners through kind of like the the reverse logic of how we got to this point where the A's could actually be leaving Oakland? I wish I had the brain power to do that, but let's let's just talk about money for a second, because as you and I have agreed over years and, and we've seen it in, in a multiplicity of transactions all over the country, the color of the fluid that flows through the veins of sports and entertainment and pretty much everything else, that's green. And sports is becoming greener and greener every day when you look at asset appreciation. So um, what, what I'm not understanding is baseball knows that it has challenges. It has demographic challenges. It has diversity challenges. It has length of game, which they've made some very progressive moves, which seem to be uh, accepted on a very wide level. Um, I don't know, you know how that's translating to attendance. It's still a bit early. Um, so Rob Manfred has said uh, publicly, repeatedly, until uh, we have new stadium deals for Tampa and Oakland, I mean, in the ground, being built, ready to open, uh, we can't expand, long expand the two franchises and charge $2.2 billion just to have the franchise. Forget about the stadium infrastructure, moving all the complexity you have in any of these deals. Um, well, neither of those two teams have actionable plans to start construction for moving down that path. 
what I don't understand in this deal is how you could possibly talk about um, relocation, especially to Las Vegas. Wouldn't it be in your top two or three cities in America to expand to, not relocate to, right? So the A's were told a year and a half ago that if they relocated to Las Vegas or any other location, uh, it would be $500 million relocation. And that money is shared with baseball and the other teams. And then Rob pulled that back a few months ago, right? So you're scratching your head going, wait a second, if I'm another NBA, uh, if I'm another MLB owner, what's that about? And then not soon after that, John Fisher, who has constantly stated that anything he does in Oakland or Las Vegas will be 100% privately financed. And now the A's are, are aggressively asking the state of Nevada to give them $500 million to help the project. And we know that the Raiders and the NFL's incredible clout got them uh, $800 million to help build Allegiant. Um, and the rest, uh, they borrowed, the Raiders borrowed from the league. So while this was happening, you know, they kept talking about Howard Terminal location in Oakland, right. which is right in the middle of the sixth busiest port in the United States. 24-7, 18-wheelers, um, all kinds of environmental stuff going on. And the A's then went, we want to build a ballpark city. And you know, Joe, that many teams now are talking about building retail and housing and everything else in and around their stadiums. And some have done a great job. Just look at the Giants, the Warriors, what they've built there at Mission Bay. So it's convoluted to me that you would take Vegas off the board, leave it as a reload, and look at, you know, Nashville, Portland, Charlotte, whatever else. And I, I got to say this, although the commissioner, uh, who has a little more clout than you and me, I've brought up Mexico City, where the Padres are playing the Giants today, right? And... Um, you know, they're playing in a smaller stadium, but if they played in a bigger stadium, they'd sell every ticket. Why wouldn't I want to go to a city of 22 million with major global corporations um, where you can get to it, you know, flight wise and the explosion of Latino and Hispanic stars? I just think it's a natural and if the A's were to leave, one more point, if the A's were to leave to Vegas, my top two expansion cities would be Mexico City and Oakland. <laughs> because the strength of the Oakland market has been proven. Yeah. Um, now, um, the complexity of Howard Terminal is such that the city of Oakland just doesn't have the leadership or more importantly, the financial resources. And as you followed these deals, um, many of them these days are privately financed, especially in the state of California. The Niners put a gigantic chunk of money into Levi's. 
uh, Lakoff, Goober, and their partners put a humongous amount, uh, you know, plus billion into Chase Center. Um, and so to ask California to do that for the A's at Howard Terminal, at the numbers that they were talking about, just was never going to pencil. And even Sacramento, with under the leadership of the great guard and mayor, former mayor Kevin Johnson, you know, they built a beautiful arena called Golden One and a pretty darn good basketball team. We'll see what happens, you know, tonight. Uh, all the Warriors Kings games have been incredibly exciting to the last buzzer. Um, so it is that battle of money that we see here. And the other point that I would throw in, Joe, is that Oakland is one of the most diverse marketplaces in the country. And not just Oakland, but the East Bay. You know enough that it's not just Oakland. It's San Francisco. It's San Jose. It's the Napa Valley. It's the East Bay. That's 7 million people. You're going to leave a a gritty, diverse, tech-driven marketplace to go to the 38th size marketplace where it's starting to get pretty crowded right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Knights, uh, the Raiders, college basketball has embraced Vegas with postseason tournaments. How soon uh, is the NBA going to announce an expansion to Vegas? I darn soon. And 81 baseball games in the summer. Where are you going to play if you leave Oakland after your lease is up? And what Dave Cavill, team president, said, we're enthusiastically looking forward to first pitch in 2027. Hmm. What? what? Where are you playing? What's been speculated is they will play in their AAA ballpark uh, called Las Vegas Ballpark in Summerlin, which is about a 20-minute drive from uh, downtown Las Vegas. Beautiful stadium uh, and seats about 9,500. And I don't know the last time a major league team and a minor league team played multiple seasons in the same park. Joe, you know history. Has that ever happened? Um, you know, I was thinking like what was the, you know, there was no one playing in Puerto Rico when the when the displaced expos were there. Um, hard to think of, you know, obviously Negro Leagues, American League, National League teams, but you know, hard to find other other places where that's happened where it's minor league and major league baseball at the same time. Right. And you know, the A's have, have said and Major League Baseball and the Players Association knows, uh, and the A's have stated it um, a multiplicity of times, we're going to build a multi-billion dollar, $1.5 billion convertible dome stadium. Okay. Uh, who's paying for that? I mean, the A's are 4-21 and 21 right now. Uh, they will have the lowest attendance in baseball. They lost one or two last year. How quickly do you turn a team around? Not in a year. Not when you've uh, traded away or let the best, some of the best young players in baseball walk, as I said before. 
uh, Olson, Simeon, you know, all of these great guys, pitching staff, Bob Melvin, one of the most underrated managers, all gone. Because John Fisher has said, I can't afford it until I have a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, two questions. Can current ownership, if they wanted to, if the right location was there, fund a stadium in Oakland? And then the other question. Absolutely, be- positively, at the Open Coliseum, you could, the stadium would need to be knocked down, the current stadium. I mean, it's outlived its usefulness. Uh, you know, the Pete the Possum has its own PR person, yep. right? Um, it hangs out in the prospects. You know, they've got some other issues, but you could have already, uh, under another ownership or John's, the A's discounted the Coliseum because they did. They wanted this massive real estate play at Howard Terminal. Unbelievably complex. You know, could it ever happen? I guess it could, it was enough money. But the A's stated that their vision of Howard Terminal would cost $12 billion. I didn't think that though. And that, from people that I talked to, would be the largest sort of land team entertainment uh, expenditure in the history of the United States. Uh, and again, it's, you know, it's Oakland and it's in a very complex shipping area. So um, if John Fisher woke up this morning and said, you know what, I'm going to keep this team in Oakland within three years, um, he could build a beautiful new affordable ballpark right at the Coliseum, which has the best transportation system in all of California, which you couldn't afford to build. It's built, it's done, it's paid for. And you would hope that he would start bringing back players that could play at major league level, and uh, they would start building up their attendance. We did it, and Finley left us no team 306,000 attended in 79, 800 in 80 when he hired Bill Martin. And then just a few years after that, we were regularly drawing 2 million, 2, 2, 4, 2, 6. We got it all up to Gosh before 3 million. So the market is there, the meat is there. The Vegas circumstance uh, right lights the future of gaming, which, you know, where does that money really go right now, Joe? Doesn't go to the pitchers, doesn't go to the team owners, doesn't go to the Players Association. It's, you know, it's gaming. It goes to the state, it goes to education. So it's a situation that right now, to me, and I realize I have an emotional attachment. It makes no sense the way they're approaching Vegas. And many major league players have said, oh, you want to go to Vegas? Okay, get it. But make it an expansion market and maximize your value. Don't let the A's go there essentially for free. And then you're asking for $500 million from the state and the state has said through the governor early on, no, 
uh, we've given already at the office to the Raiders for a legion. Um, you know, John Fisher has stated a hundred times that everything he does in the new realm of stadium building will be 100% privately financed. Well, uh, it's, I think, time to start privately financing. Um, sounds like uh, a version of uh, an episode of Succession where there's no, there's nobody <laughs> that you can like. There's nobody that you can love. Who are the people that are actually trying to solve the problem, Andy, that we may not know about? Well, the one person that tried to solve the problem, and this is another inexplicable decision, is Dave Stewart. Born in Oakland, smoked yeah. Stewart, baseball experience, solid guy. Um, he wanted to buy, without overcomplicating it, the Coliseum is 155 acres, the, uh, the footprint where the arena and the ballpark is now. The footprint that they're talking about in Vegas right now is 55 acres, and the footprint for a ballpark that they were talking about at Howard Terminal, same thing, 55 acres. So Dave goes to the city and says, I want to buy into the 50% of the Coliseum that hasn't been sold. Uh, story for another day, 50% has been sold to the A's a bunch of years ago. They're using that either as a blocking tool for days like today, or they said they needed to build stuff there to generate revenue for Howard Terminal. But Dave Stewart, what did he do? He said, screw you, literally, Dave's words, not mine. And Dave is now leading a Nashville, Tennessee expansion group, which is making progress. And others in baseball would tell you that they're in that, you know, two or three cities and Nashville is done as you well have chronicled a number of really positive types of programs in sports and city growing. In terms of people in the marketplace, that's the challenge, Joe. Any of these deals uh, that are complex need a strong mayor or elected official, a top business person, and then of course the ownership of the team, in this case, John Fisher. The teamwork, leadership, and trust necessary for that is not in place in Oakland. And if you people like me, Andy, you got two seconds to give me the number one leader in Oakland. I can't do it because that person isn't there. Um, now, there's a group called SOS, Save Oakland Sports, pure volunteer. There's several other volunteer groups. You'll see it in the media tonight. There's a fan group that is going to be protesting in some fashion before the A's Reds game tonight. But and I, you know, I take my green and gold cap off to every single one of those people. You need money to get these deals done. And I think what John Fisher is doing, only speculative, is I'm gonna double my asset value. I bought for 180. Forbes or whomever is saying it's worth a billion six. As soon as I can confirm that I have Vegas, I go to three, two or three, five. Then I can wait to 2027 in a new ballpark, or I could sell my asset to somebody, you know, uh, who will uh, take uh, it to first pitch in Vegas. Or if the Vegas deal isn't done, 
uh, with all the negativity that is directed at John, he could sell to any number of individuals in the Bay Area to do the Oakland Coliseum build and keep the dream alive so that it isn't three goodbye Oakland's. The nature of Oakland, Andy, before we let you go, gritty, obviously, diverse, you've talked about, not just the city, but the surrounding counties. Right. Is it is it enough to, to continue to make it attractive for an expansion team? Or will people look at it and say, you know what, the Giants and the 49ers are, are, and the Warriors are enough for us? Yeah, well, let's let's face it. Um, you know, the Giants were leaving a bunch of years ago to Tampa, and it was over in the eleventh hour. And now you've been there; it's one of the most spectacular ballparks going. It's like twenty-four years old, and it seems like it's three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, they turned Mission Bay, which at that time was a disaster twenty-five years ago, into a gem uh, of the Warriors, the Giants, retail, housing, UCSF, medical center, companies coming in from around the world to build their headquarters. Same exact situation could happen in Oakland, but Oakland's leaders have the highest level of low self-esteem of any group of people that I've been around, at least in the last few years. Way back when, there were a number of leaders who stepped forward, and you've done enough of these deals. Mayor Schaefer in Baltimore a long time ago, Willie Brown in San Francisco, others that step forward and say, I'm putting a consortium together, a task force of people that can make it work. And it could work. I'm Fisher owned this team 18 years. That sounds impossible, but it's true. He has never once spoken publicly to his fans or the media as to what his strategy is. And clearly, what has occurred in you know the announcement of the 20th or 21st about the land deal is his strategy is net asset appreciation. Mm. And just touch on baseball one more time. Do you think all your time being around NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, soccer? Um, yeah. Well, do you think that they will that they will just let this happen and see how it plays out, or at some point would the commissioner or the back channels of the commissioner or other owners step in and say, "What are we doing here?" You've been in the Bay Area enough, and where we were successful in turning things around after Finley, we didn't just look at Oakland. We went north to Sacramento, south to Salinas, Monterey and east to Vegas to build our market. And that's how we went from the 326 seat tickets that we were given when I walked into the box office on December 3rd, 1980, to 3,200 that we sold before our first game of the 81 season. And ultimately, Joe topped out at 16,000 full season equivalents. So you just need to do the math of 16,000 times 81. Um, it's, it is emotionally heartbreaking. The Coliseum in, in closing here, I shouldn't have used it that way. The Coliseum is the last town square left in the market. Mm-hmm. If it's gone, then you lose that incredible ability to combine 
sports fans who you don't know who you're sitting next to, young friends, you might jab each other and then realize that, you know, that person might have, you know, a completely different mindset, but when you're there, you are loyal to your team. And those grandparents, parents, kids, and grandkids now, bye-bye, you know, no green and gold. Now you'll have the loyalists who will get on a plane and do that, but that is not the same. Um, so, so Andy, talk a little bit about the last question, collateral damage. You know, people like Josh Feinberg and the people in the front office, what's it like for them to go to work every day and how do they kind of continue to do the amazing job that they do knowing all this is happening? Well, it's very difficult because they're in the heat of the battle and they're listening to friends who are going, what are you doing? Talk to your owner. Uh, what are you doing about your life? Are you moving your family to that other city? Can you do that? Um, it, As I said before, you're eviscerating the heart, mind, and soul. I think, Joe, 78 million people walked through the turnstiles to see the A's play since they came from Kansas City. That's not now. A bunch of them came many times, but not 78 million. Um, that's a lot of people. You're slapping them right upside the head. And you're dealing with emotions that sports creates that a lot of other circumstances in life don't. And people stay loyal for multiple generations. I mean, look at the NFL draft yesterday. Holy yeah. mackerel, right? That's Woodstock. Um, that didn't just come about uh, by accident. That's decades. Uh, and how ironic, you know, that it was Kansas City, well-planned. Um, so the collateral damage is no teams at the Coliseum. What does the Coliseum become? The African-American Sports and Entertainment Group uh, led uh, by Mr. Babbitt. They're trying to get a WNBA franchise. The Oakland Roots are going to play in a place mm. very close to it. And I applaud their efforts and what might come in the future. But NBA, NFL, MLB, you're not going to see them. Mm. Other yeah. than maybe a, you know, a preseason or exhibition game. And that is an ultimate eye poke that doesn't go away. Right. Will, and, and you know, you mentioned last thing, you being from Brooklyn, that that the feeling <laughs> of the Dodgers leaving Brooklyn has never really escaped. It's still there. Never. never. What, will, what will, if the A's leave, the last of those teams to leave, um, what's the legacy? For, what's the brand damage to this city? overall and and is that healable uh it is healable the city is moving forward and has crafted you know the silicon valley is everywhere and it's moving up into oakland and san francisco and workforces you have a great educational institution in uc Murray. you have a younger demographic that likes oakland when we hosted the all-star game in 87 and we brought the New York people out. They go, oh, Lake Merritt, when did you build this? Oh, the Paramount Theater, one of the greatest art deco entertainment places in America. Did you guys just build this for us? No. Uh, Montclair, Piedmont, the East Bay, Orinda, Blackhawk, all the other places. Hey, you guys did a really good job of preparing us. No, this, this is here. This is the East Bay. We have great, great pride. And um, that 
hopefully has to be coalesced again with that leadership that isn't showing itself right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so Andy Dolich, uh, the name of the book is Goodbye Oakland. Uh, certainly hope that it resolves itself, Andy, in a positive way for the people of Oakland. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to continue to follow it. And hopefully there's an update towards the end of the summer. Where we can have you back on and you can talk about a best-selling uh, book. Love to do it. I got a magic marker already set to run through goodbye and say hello. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm planning. Cool. Once again, you've been listening to The Cusp Show. Our guest today was Andy Dolich, veteran sports marketer, builder, thought leader. Um, His new book with Dave Newhouse is Goodbye, Oakland. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito for my co-host, Tom Richardson, and we will see you down the road. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.